this is as real as it gets. The number you have reached, 911, has been changed to a non-published number. You're listening to UCW Radio. In your face. Give it to me, baby. All right, welcome to the UCW Radio Show, and I want to thank you for tuning in, listening, and viewing, and everything. You know how we do uh, the how we do the UCW Radio Show. We have inspirational, motivational, awesome people on here to share their story with you, and I bring them on here because I think that these stories should be heard. And I again, one, we have one more awesome person after another after another over the past what. 15 years doing it. And now we have someone that we've had on the show, but we haven't really told his story the way it should be told. So I'm going to let him tell his story. We're bringing on, uh, if you don't know him, you should know him. We're bringing on the great Bobby Samuels. Bobby, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thanks for having me. No, thanks for coming on and and, then making the time for us. So uh, let's start at the beginning. You know, You've been in, you've been involved in the film business for a long time. You've been involved in martial arts for even longer than that. Your father did some amazing things. I know the stories. I want you, you to share these stories, and I do want to talk about your dad because those those people that listen to my other show, Money Never Sleeps, it's a financial show, yes. and I and I want you to tell a little bit about your father towards uh, the latter part of the show, but let's talk about you right now. Uh, tell right. us, man, I mean, tell us how you got involved in martial arts, and then we're going to talk about the films. Uh, I began when I was uh, around 10, uh, studying uh, Kung Fu with a guy named Maurice Tunstall. And uh, he taught me uh, Hongar Kung Fu, which is the five animal system. Um, I was his first real like dedicated student. He had a lot of students, but I, I was probably the first one that was like there every day, every hour of the day. I, w- I lived and breathed Kung Fu. I just wanted to learn so much. Um, so I studied with him for about 10 years. Uh, subsequently, after that, I ended up uh, studying with his master, uh, Chung Shipoi in Philadelphia, Chinatown. Um, all the while, um, having a love and affection for martial arts films. Uh, so that helped propel uh, my dedication to the martial arts, wanting to be in the films one day. And, and so, you, yeah, you, you grew up like me, day. watching the uh, Kung Fu Cinema on Channel 5 and stuff like that. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. It's it's um, It had a very powerful impression upon me growing up. And, uh, of course, it's a different generation now, so they don't sure. – those. The memories that we have, they don't really understand. Mm-hmm. They can appreciate, but they don't understand, you know, that the, the these films, you know, they gave us hope and dreams and, and you know, heroic uh, action actors. And, you know, it was a good time, so, especially in New York during the 70s. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that's a different story altogether. If you had to pick one film when you were growing up, that was that pivotal moment that pushed you to thinking, hey, I want to go and get in film, get involved in films. I want to go and do this. What was that point? Uh, that would be Five Fingers of Death. A uh-huh. film that, uh, <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, um, funny, funny, ironic story is that when I actually did my first big film in Hong Kong with Sammo Hong, uh, Lole was one of the co-stars. Mm-hmm. So it was like, wow, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, it, it's 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 always those moments 
that something hits you. And it's like, you know, you have this, this moment of clarity. It's like an epiphany almost where you think I can be that and I can do something maybe greater than that. It's not even being like that. It's maybe doing something greater because everybody wants to clone someone. But can you that's be correct. better than them? I mean, you can be their peer, but can you be better than them? And that's the key right. thing. And that, that that's probably what was on your mind. It was. And I knew there was obstacles because I was an African-American, you know, mm -hmm. and I grew up in, in you know, West Philadelphia. It's a rough area. Yeah. Um, but I, I knew that I had so many obstacles to overcome just to even get to Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. um, so I knew that I had to have something that some people didn't have in order to make it work for me. Mm -hmm. The real hope came when I saw movies with Ron Van Cleef and um, uh, it was Carl Scott. Mm -hmm. um, that was uh, yeah, the Black powerful. Dragon. The Black Dragon. Yeah, the Black Dragon. The yep. Black Dragon. The Black Dragon. Yep. yep. And and you saw them in action, and that probably sparked a little more for you. It did. It gave me hope. It, it seeing African Americans uh, in Hong Kong films, mm -hmm. I knew at that point that the dream that I thought that was probably unattainable, that I could reach it. So that, that really motivated me more to start the training harder. Would you, would you say that Ron broke that barrier, which gave you the opportunity? You know, you and I know Ron well, and uh, you know, he, he's done some, um, some amazing things in his life. And I'm just wondering if he was that person that opened up that gap for you and others to follow suit. Yes, Ron Van Cleef. Um, it, I, I idolized him, and then this, how ironic! In 1996, I was doing a film with uh, Fat Joe called uh, "Blazing" in New okay. York, and he actually casted in the film. Mm -hmm. So, just to see him and, and and work with him for the first time, that was like 100% full force, you know? Yeah. Ron Van Cleef, he's the he's the godfather, he, and then Carl Scott followed him, you know, right. hard way to die superpower so yeah i knew that once i saw african-americans you know being accepted in that industry that i could i could reach that goal but i just had to have a plan but you you were focused more on the the, the serious outlook of things you know i know because you you've had that there have been movies that you know like barry gordy made a movie and you know and it was to, to me it was more like a culty type of flick. It wasn't more yeah. like, oh my God, I'm inspired to be that person. You know, maybe yeah. in, in a comical sense, but not in reality that it can better you as an individual. I, in my opinion, and as far as opening up doors for for other mm -hmm. other people of color, other martial mm -hmm. artists of color, other actors of color, and, and giving them that 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 opening, saying, hey. A door is open. Now I can actually go here. Today, you have more of that going on. But back then, there wasn't a lot. No, it really wasn't. Yeah. And uh, I grew up 42nd Street, New York. Uh, my, actually, my, my mother and father divorced when I was very young, when I was mm -hmm. two. And uh, my father, uh, he was um, vice president of a manufacturer's Hanover Trust. It was the, um, he was the first black banker on, on Wall Street. Manny Hanny. Uh, yeah, Manny Annie yeah. during the early 60s. Yep. And so I shuffled between New York and Philadelphia growing up. But being with my father, I ended up uh, being able to go to 42nd Street all the time where all the martial arts movies were. Yeah. So I would just spend countless days inside those theaters just watching. Double features. The double next. features. <laughs> the double features, the triple features, you yeah. know. 
it was just it was amazing you know during that time um had to share it with some black exploitation but you know i just want to straight kung fu but still it was it was enjoyable yeah. so yeah good memories good memories yeah. and from that time you know as you you grew up and as you got more involved in on in the hollywood scene because you've been doing it for a bit you know mm-hmm. do, do do you think that you have more as far as martial artists transitioning to to film and and to, you know the entertainment uh, arena do you think that more opportunities are here today for them because of people like yourself that kept pushing and and breaking down these these little not little barriers they're pretty big but they were being broken down from the bottom up yeah um i think now especially um with the advent of uh, digital technology and you know digital cameras and just the filmmaking process now uh being able to be more affordable uh for upstart individuals who who want to start their film production companies or or getting them you know acting and things of that nature um so yeah i think that um it's a good thing yeah well and i also you know I like the fact that, you know, if well, I, if more people looked at filmmaking the way they should and look at it as, a, as, as an art form, you're, you're expressing yourself to creativity and everything, and you're making it more diversified. To me, that that's key. I always had a problem. This is my opinion, but it's, it's mm-hmm. my view on things. I always had a problem when a movie just starred one group of people. Like you have all Spanish or all black or all white, right. you know, with right. diversity, you know, that's mm-hmm. why, you know, you being in, in Hong Kong movies or Ron Van Cleef being in Hong Kong movies is like that. I mean, you're talking about diversity. That's diversity yeah. on another level. But where, is that, is. where is that today, though? Uh, well, Hong Kong cinema is appreciated more so in America now than in, in his own homeland. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you know, you know, there's certain things going on where, you know, the business in Hong Kong, the film business is pretty much gone. Mm-hmm. Um, most film is being done in mainland China right now. And of mm-hmm. course, that's that's under strict control. Um, for me to do an American film in, in Asia, I, there's only, I think, three or four films that they allow to be filmed in China in a year. Um, and it has to be approved by the government and it's just so, so much red tape. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, it's kind of different now. Uh, so that's why I say the advent of digital technology allows individuals now to kind of, kind of chart their own course if they mm-hmm. pay attention to, and, and have a firm game plan. Um, I was fortunate, you know, I had a plan. I knew that I couldn't afford to go back and forth to Hong Kong. So I was working for US Airways mm-hmm. and I got a job at the airlines. I knew that if you if you if you got a job with the airlines, you could fly for free or at a discount rate. Nice. So I said, hmm, that's that's part of my plan. So I, I got hired by, actually I worked for a security company with the airline, but I greeted the US Air, Airways professionals every day mm-hmm. very kindly. And then one day a gentleman asked me, he says, Hey, have you, did you ever think about working for us? And I said, uh, no, but in reality, I really wanted it. Right. He said, well, be at my office tomorrow morning. And then I started actually working for the airline. And mm-hmm. that's when it all started. Um, I worked for a year. I got a, a week's vacation. And I just used that to just catch a flight to Hong Kong just to land and and, and, and see the place and, and understand that that's the land of where I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. All the while, I was self-teaching myself how to speak Chinese because, you know, when I was here in America, 
I would go to auditions. Wesley Snipes would show up. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne would show up. Mm-hmm. And when they those guys show up, I never had an opportunity. I already knew, you know, the resume. Yeah. So I said, the plan was to go to another country, make a name for myself, and then come back to the United States. Mm-hmm. And that way I would, I would, I would have a, a resume with me when I came back. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it actually worked, you know. Um, what I didn't realize was that while I was in Asia for all those years, that a lot of my films were being seen here in the United States and, you know, where I didn't think people were appreciating me or even knew about me. It was an underground with the Hong Kong cinema. That was during the early John Woo and Choi Hark days. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, sometimes, you know, you have to chart a, an unorthodox course in order to, to get to your goals, but it can be done. Yeah, well, and I think that's, again, you, you knocked down a lot of barri- barriers and you doing that. And to me, I I told you I tell you this in person. It it just amazes me, you know, that if you put your mind to something, if you have the passion, that you can make it all happen. Now, mm-hmm. how many movies did you make in uh in when uh, in Hong Kong? In Hong Kong, um, Red Wolf, Gambling Ghosts, uh, Don't Give a Damn. Uh, I, what, what happened was I had been doing action films for so long and then there was another prolific director, his name was Alfred Chown. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he said, you know, I'm doing a, a, a romantic love story and, you know, I want an unusual spin on it. He says, I'm gonna shoot an English version and a Chinese version at the same time. Okay. Um, Brilliant director, uh, Alfred Chown. And so um, I played one of the leads in uh, the English language version. And it was the first time, you know, an African-American had on-screen romance with an Asian female in Hong Kong, mm-hmm. Hong Kong industry. So again, trying to, to trying to set barrier, um, barriers to break down, that's all. But again, Rob Van Cleef, Carl Scott, they laid the blueprint for me, as well as Jim Kelly. Well, Jim Kelly, you know, I mean, RIP, you know, he, he did a lot as well. You know, I yes. mean, a lot of yes. people know him from Enter the Dragon, of course, but mm-hmm. he's done a lot of other things beyond that. But even even yeah. if you look at Enter the Dragon, you look at how it is. There was diversity there. It was. It yeah. was. And, and I, people I, don't, I see, don't realize that, that that was real diversity to have all John, those different John people. Saxon, mm-hmm. That's right. Jim Kelly, Bruce Lee, black, right. white, Asian, you know. Yeah, it didn't and, matter. Like, that 40, 40, 45 years later, it's still a, an iconic film. Yeah. And you yeah. know, it's not it's not a cult classic. It is an actual, it's it's a film that you can watch over and over and over and over. He, and it, it's just something else. He is the Asian James Bond in there. Let's just oh, face he, it. Oh, no question. No it's question. Talk about charisma. Bond <laughs> James Bond without the guns and just yeah. the hands. Yeah. So but 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 he inspired a new generation. He, I mean, he inspired me when I was younger and I'm sure he inspired you and he inspired other people, you know, and to have, to have individuals like that show up that come from a martial arts background and they go into film to, to rise to that level and inspire so many people for, for, for decades and generations. Okay. It's an amazing thing. Do you, do you think that not, not that we would ever have anyone like that, but do you think that there are any any um, martial art martial artists that are actors of color that could be that motivation, that inspiration for the next generation and the generation after that? I mean, I'm not talking about just be the inspiration for, hey, you know, uh, you're black, you're inspired. No, be the inspiration for 
many diverse crowd, you know, whether you're black, white, Chinese, this, that, whatever it is, that you can have that impact. Do you see that happening? I see it happening. Um, there's a there's a crop of young martial artists that are out there now with uh, with with very good skill sets mm-hmm. that you know with the dedication and, and the right you know promotion they could really go far. Mm-hmm. But the, the the issue here is, I always said Bruce Lee was before his time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there there's just some people that you know, are before their time. And yeah. we're, we're just blessed to have him here for a short period. As you know, he died very young. Uh-huh. Um, he would have been in his 80s uh, as we sit here and talk right now. Yeah. Um, so the image, I, I don't think that we could view the image of Bruce at 80. All of us around the world view him as this invincible character because mm-hmm. that's how he was preserved. Yeah. Um, and it will last beyond you and my generations because he, he truly was an anomaly. Yeah, that's all I can say. You know, living with Samo, I asked Samo one day, um, "How how real, how good was Bruce Lee?" Because you know, he fought Bruce Lee in the beginning of uh, Enter the Dragon. They were right. they were friends, and he said one day Bruce Lee walked into his office. You know, when they wanted to meet, and then uh, he was like, "Hi, how you doing?" He said, "I'm Bruce Lee," and then Samo said, "Hi, I'm Samo." At the time, Samo was a, a pretty well known uh, uh, action director director at, at Golden Harvest, and. Uh, Bruce tested him. Bruce was like, I can I can hit you two times before you can move. And Samuel took the challenge. And Samuel said that he hit him four times before he could even move. And he said he was the fastest man he had ever seen on earth. So coming from Samuel Hong, who himself is 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 one of the, you know, three dragons, that, that says a lot. Sure. Really sure. And, and, and he said he said it wasn't even about the money to do uh enter the dragon. It was just an opportunity to to work with him on screen, you know. So when you have people that are at that level that really just want the opportunity to work with with Bruce Lee, I mean, like I say, it was before his time, you know. No one has been able to touch that. Jackie is good, don't get me wrong, but it's, Jackie's it's not different. Good. No, no. The, it, see, that's the thing is like with 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 Jackie Chan, he's good at what he does, but it's more of a comical type of thing, but he's talented. But that's his right. angle. That's his yep. angle. Mm-hmm. Bruce Lee was not comical. He was like, "I'm gonna hurt you if I," you know. And, and that's the thing. And that's and that's the power. It's like you mentioned James Bond. James Bond. When you had Roger Moore and yes, Sean Connery, that was a different type of James Bond. When now, when you mm-hmm. transition to the new James Bond, you know, you're talking about. Badass on another level, and right. it changes the game because you're you're dark like Batman. Mm-hmm. When you turn it, when you turn right. that character dark, all of a sudden becomes interesting, and it's like okay, you know. And 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 it seems right. like a lot of films are doing that now, and it's, it's mm-hmm. basically making it. Oh, it's more violent, but it's making it more like real. You don't have the good guy. You don't have right. that. You have a good guy that's maybe bad, you know. And that that you look at, you know, like Dwayne Johnson, DJ. He he he's 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 inspiring everyone across all levels, every yeah. race, every generation, and stuff like yeah. that. Is is I love it because you need to do that, and yes. we need more yeah. of that. He's a remarkable actor, um, action star. You know, I was so fortunate in 1999. Uh, when he was actually a, a big uh, wrestler for WWE, Vince mm-hmm. McMahon, he was his, his, his number one. Um, 
I got hired to um, do a commercial for Vince McMahon's uh, WWE up in Stanford, Connecticut. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was with Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, um, China, Mankind, all the uh, famous wrestlers from then, Vince mm -hmm. McMahon. Um, but I got thrown out of a conference window and uh, I actually broke my back. Uh, oh, wow. That was my first major uh, injury during movies. I'd survive Hong Kong and everything. You get taken out by Vince McMahon. There you go. <laughs> but, um, just, just working with him. He was such a nice actor, you know, to work with, you know, and it, it, he just he just blew up, you know. So I'm, I just say I'm very fortunate that I had the opportunity to work with him for that short period of time. I'll go one further. Uh, and uh, Maybe a few years before that, him and I were supposed to have a match, and him and I were speaking about things. And just the, the kind – I mean, you, you, you kind of – when you speak to someone, you kind of get an idea of the type of person yeah. they, they are. And I, I said, you know, this kid's going to be something. Mm -hmm. He's going to be something. We never had that match because I hurt my back. But the bottom line is, is that you, you can kind of, you know, see a person's persona right. come out. And you're like, okay, mm -hmm. there's something there. And if they have someone smart around them, they're going to make stuff happen. And I, and I think that and, whether and if they have the right attitude, it, it, that's, that's the most important thing because sometimes people blow up and then they blow up, you know, there you go. which makes there no you sense. Go. I mean, when you're young, you're stupid, right? You, mm -hmm. you, you think that you're invincible. When That's you get right. older, you know better. You may have all the knowledge. You may have more success, but you're mm -hmm. humbler. I mean, I mean, look at you. You're humble in, 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 in how you are, where you can be an arrogant prick if you wanted to. <laughs> but yeah, well, that's not you. That's I've, not I've, you. Never, I've never been that, but I have I have fallen early in the, in, the, in my career for, you know, the trappings, you yeah, know, yeah, sure. fame, fortune, the money and all that. You know, you fall for that. Mm -hmm. But as you get older and, you know, the first wave died out and then, you know, my business partner, Robert Jefferson, you know, he, he kind of talked me into kind of the working here in the American, American shores and, and doing things. And, you know, I came back and I started working for uh, Drew Hill, uh, Island Def Jam and uh, the uh, Emmy winning uh, director, Nick Quested on a lot of music videos, mm -hmm. um, Paula Cole, uh, Metallica, Eve, The Locks, you know, so I had a great career in Hong Kong, and then I was very fortunate enough to, to change and, and make that a, another career here in the United States. And, and the stuff that you're doing right now, you're you're more behind the camera than in front of the camera now. So let's talk about right. the behind the camera and, and, and what you have going on, Bobby, because, again, you know, you've had a career in front of the camera. You've done a lot of things. Okay, yes. now you're behind the camera, which you're able to do more things because you're able Correct. to open up more doors and you've been doing that for quite some time. And, and I see the talent that you're, you're, you're reeling up. So it's interesting. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, started a, 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 a independent film uh, label with my business partner 30 years. And uh, basically what we do is, uh, you know, short form content, you know, actually. And then we, we our first full length feature film, we partnered with uh, Tambuli Media to do Made in Chinatown. That was a, a $2 million uh, budget. Mm -hmm. um, so that was our biggest venture. But ultimately, our films, we, we want to make sure that all of the films are inclusive of all nationalities. So mm -hmm. there's a the, an eclectic cast. I've always cast Asian-Americans, Blacks, Whites, Latinos. Um, and however, primarily with when it comes to the, the leads or the heroic leads, I, I give people of color and 
an opportunity mm -hmm. uh, when others probably wouldn't give them opportunities. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there's a lot of hidden talent out there and I don't like to get caught up in the, the Hollywood pitfalls of egos and agents and things of that nature. Sometimes you just come across a, a pet project with a great idea and you just want to run with it. You know, you don't want to deal with certain things. Um, and that's where I get when from the passion from the independent film film groups, you know, mm -hmm. and at first, you know, short form content didn't actually take off so much. But now it's it's very popular. Mm -hmm. um, you got Quibi out there, you know. Not anymore. Uh, no more Quibi. No, they did away with Quibi. They're out of business. <laughs> right. Well, Net Netflix has a, a short Netflix. films division. There you go. Um, and some of the other platforms as well, Amazon. Mm -hmm. uh, so it is becoming more popular. Mm -hmm. um, recently, um, Haya uh, on Amazon Prime. They're 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 taking their channel and they're going to grow. Mm -hmm. um, and they're looking for short form content for intermission throughout motion pictures that they they feature. Okay. So again, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a format that we we latched onto, and so far we've been doing pretty good with it. Mm -hmm. And you're and, so and, 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 and short content. No, that that's that's awesome. And and the thing is with with how you're casting certain people, you know, and I and I just want to let the viewers and listeners understand this too, is when you're making films and you 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 say you're giving an opportunity to to people of color for them to shine. It's not because you're saying, okay, I want somebody black or Spanish to go and be a superstar. No, it has nothing to do with that. What it has to do with is that you're saying, you know something, I see something in you and if I can give you that opportunity, it's going to be there. It's not because you're not Correct. as good. It's not, not because you're better than anyone else. Well, actually, you mm -hmm. may be better as far as mm -hmm. your talent, but you weren't mm -hmm. given the opportunity. I've seen so many films, and and, and, and again, this is stuff that, that that's a pet peeve of mine. When I see mm -hmm. so many films that just have one race, it's mm -hmm. like – I don't understand it. Where's where's the diversity? Where's the opportunity? When you do that, you're isolating. You're mm -hmm. isolating other groups. And then what happens with, with, with these groups that are these people that are in this movie? Are they gonna be able to transition to more diverse atmosphere? I don't I don't know. You can you know better better about that than I do. I do. And uh for me, like I take challenges. I, I like to challenge myself in my career and things that because you you you, you don't want to get one track, one formula, one format because it, it it grows stale. Mm -hmm. I've done short form film films in Mexico, complete mm -hmm. Mexican cast, complete Spanish language, and I don't really speak Spanish, mm -hmm. but that's a challenge for me. However, we've garnered five awards uh, uh, for the two films that we've done. There you go. So again, you know, I recently did a film for Art School Productions. Um, they they kept asking me for two years would I want to do it and I never really wanted you know I was comfortable doing action films action films and then it was like we want to do a, a, a female version of, of Medea Kung Fu Medea somewhat uh, and it was called um, Asian Auntie mm -hmm. about an, an old Asian lady you know but we're guys who dress up in right, ladies right, right. clothes nature a lot of comedy hijinks things of that nature but it was very interesting at first I didn't want to do it but actually I'm glad I did it because uh, it was picked up by Amazon. Yeah, so it, it's it's selling pretty well right now. So sometimes, you know, you, you have to come out of your comfort zone mm -hmm. um, and just try things differently. Um, my next couple of films are going to feature a more eclectic cast as well. Mm -hmm. Every single film does, you know, and it, you don't have to be a name actor. You don't have the You don't have to have the greatest martial arts skills. Mm -hmm. Sam always told me years ago, he said, you know, the most interesting things and what make my film successful is the characters. And mm -hmm. when I sit back and think about all of the films that Sam has done, 
over the years, it is. It truly is the characters that that stand out. And when he was training me to be a director, that's what he said. He said, most importantly, create interesting characters. Mm -hmm. um, char don't worry about whether somebody's a star or not. You as a director, if you see something in someone, you can propel them, you can design, you can make for them. And that's what I do. It's so creating, it's creating, developing the talent, the talent development, you, that's what you're you doing. Go. If someone can is, has a great look and can actually act and has mediocre action, I can work with that because it's yeah. my job as a director and as an action director to make that individual look good. Mm -hmm. And I, I have a, a pretty good grasp of, of, of the camera system, so I understand how to make someone look good on film. That I'm glad you brought that up because I want our viewers and listeners to understand just because you're a great fighter does not mean you can, you can be a a film fighter it's a different animal it has to do with angles and camera angles and how you can make a fight scene look real but you know these guys may not even be touching each other half the time but that's a skill set that the director behind the camera understands and the only way you really know that bobby is that if you know how to actually you're you're involved in martial arts you know it but you know what works on film. So you need both those aspects in order to uh, to make it work. You would be surprised how many A-level martial artists that I wanted to give an opportunity to. However, fighting for film, it didn't translate mm -hmm. action. And they're, they're brilliant martial artists, don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. um, but to do action for film is different. The yeah. tempo, different the technique is different you you almost the, the camera's like the, the the third arm in an actual fight scene mm -hmm. so you actually have to consider all elements you know it's action it's reaction it's it's mm -hmm. it's camera movement it's camera left camera right you know inserts uh there's it, to, just to make a, a one minute action sequence you'd be surprised how much it actually takes in order for, to make it work right and make, and make it sell make it to the point where the audience can go wow you know mm -hmm. Um, so that's what I, I try to do um, by learning in Hong Kong. You know, I'm the only African-American Hong Kong stuntman ever. So, you know, with that, I want to make sure that, you know, I represent the organization that gave me my opportunity well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, the thing is, and you, with just, just, just to continue on with the, the movie fighting, you know, mm -hmm. you, you've seen on Netflix, they have Cobra Kai. You know, I, I, yeah. I saw that. I mean, it cracked me up because it brought me back to a different uh, time. But, look, but right. you, and I, you and I know Marty Cove well, you know, and, uh -huh. and, and, and also, see, people don't realize that he's not a martial artist. He doesn't know right. how to fight, but he did That's it for right. the film. Okay, exactly. Mr. Miyagi he again. Has Pat, character. He right, has a right, and Pat Morita too. Not a martial right. artist, but he learned how to do film fighting. And you That's have a right. lot of guys that, that are like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, look at Daniel Khan. So, I know he can't fight, so. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just you know, and, and I'm making those references so that people, because that's something that everyone knows a Karate Kid. So that's something that they would understand. And how? And it's yeah. not. It's not. It's not easy to train someone how to do that it's a it's a talent not everyone can do it but you have the ability to do that you know and, and art camacho as well have has the ability to do that okay uh, I, i've learned a lot from art you know and yeah. that that's a good thing you know I, I was very fortunate you know to 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 know a lot of people now on the american film industry you know icons and uh they're like my uncles and my godfathers and they teach me a lot you know mm -hmm. 
Brian Arota, Lucas Foster, um, Demetrius Angelo, he's a great guy, you know, a lot of uh, uh, Oso Tiari Cassell, mm -hmm. and the list just goes on, you know, just to have it, be able to pick up the phone and call these icons that when I was a kid, I was going to the newsstand and buying magazines with that where they were on the cover. Mm -hmm. I'd never dreamed uh, of anything like this, you know? It's amazing. But you know Dreams something? Yeah, but you know something? You have some kids that are growing up that are saying the same thing about you. You know, and, and, and this is a cycle of life, right? You you go and you, yeah. you do the things in your life and you try to make put the piece of the puzzle together and then you go and you, you're trying to, at the end of the day, especially in Hollywood, you're trying to leave a legacy behind because when we're done, what do you yeah. leave behind? It has to be the, the, the creative that you did. Okay. It has to be something that you built and you left behind. I had a conversation with a big Hollywood uh, person today and you know, they, we were talking about how the, the creative and, and the suits, they, you know, they haven't been seeing eye to eye forever, but that's changing now. Mm -hmm. That's changing now because the advent of digital and the ability to distribute digitally, now you just took the power out of their hand. Look at Disney. Look what Disney's doing. They're going digital, you know, mm -hmm. and, and you have movie theaters with the pandemic. Movie theaters are shutting down. Things mm -hmm. like that are happening. And the bottom line is, you know, 2020 has been a hellish year. But it's been a year of change. I mean, serious yes. change. Mm -hmm. and, and, it has. Yeah. And it's such a uh, this this year out of all the years I'll remember the most because of of everything that's that's been going on, you know. Yeah. But as as Americans, you know, we're 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 tough. Yeah. But we can get through this, and and just yeah. like I say, this is the change that's happening. You know, we were forced into it, but. I don't see us really going back, you know. No, it's no. zero, you know. Yeah, I, just, I mean, I, I don't see us going backwards anymore. No. This this will have to be included into the filmmaking process uh, and into the en entertainment world in general. You know, I, I've right. always said that you know, movies and, and movie theaters for for, for uh, and and other venues that you go to to see films and you know IMAX theaters, they're they're wonderful experiences, but it's a tough competition when you have digital technology and you have streaming service, you know, where you have the convenience of your cell phone, your laptop, whatever device you have that you can watch this uh, the entire series, a movie, whatever, at your leisure, where you want. Where you um, want, when you want. And, you want. and that is the time. Time right. is the most precious commodity. Right. You go to a exactly. movie, you have to drive there, find parking, go inside. Right. Buy right. a ticket, buy the popcorn, right. see people you don't right. want to see. You sit next to a stinky person, whatever the case right. may be, but you're there for the experience. But meanwhile, yeah, meanwhile, you know, 60 bucks later, 60, you're lighter 60 bucks, and then you're right. like, you know, whatever, where you could have did something else, and maybe you don't like the movie. You know, having right. that digital experience and being able to do it from home, see, like even on, on Vero, you know, I mean, not – yeah, but if you were going to watch a movie, you can watch a movie and have people and and have have a, uh, some sort of watch party type of thing. You know, you have yeah. other social media platforms that are doing it, like Facebook and everything. They're doing this stuff, yeah. you know. But at, in this world right now, people are lonely. They're they're mm -hmm. bored. They need entertainment. So what you're right. doing is bringing them entertainment, and it becomes very interesting because we'll watch a stupid 
stupid, ridiculous, re, you know, gaming reality show just because we need to be entertained. Right. You know, like, 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 he said, like, what's his face said in Gladiator? You know, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and are you entertained? Are you entertained? Right. So that's, that's the question. Right. Are, are you entertaining them? And that's what you're doing. So the, the, the digital and streaming markets, it's here to stay. Mm -hmm. It's only a question now. You want to create more content, you know? Um, like I said, short film format now is more is very interesting. With the with the convenience of digital technology and the streaming platforms, you short form content is interesting now because a lot of people don't have two hours to sit and, and watch something. Yeah. You may have thirty minute lunch break and you and it's this twenty minute short you wanted to watch. You know, you can actually watch it from beginning to end. And mm -hmm. some of these shorts are very powerful these days. Some of them, you know, they, they actually are, they're thought out and they're well shot with advent of digital technology. Yeah. So cost effectiveness too. Trading on say again. Cost effectiveness too. Very cost effective. Uh that's why we started you know, as we talked earlier, you and I growing up on on Black Belt Theater syndicated mm -hmm. in every city across the United States, you know, Saturday afternoons, you know, you're there, you're Three watching Three o'clock, brother. You know what's going on. Channel nine, channel five, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Philadelphia was twenty nine. Yeah. But what I did with Red Sash Theater this uh this new platform that I created uh, for independent filmmakers, uh, basically, you know, they can submit their content and I'll air it, but it has to be done right, you know? So there's a quality control board that actually views the film before it's submitted and allowed to be on the channel. Okay. But what I wanted to do was kind of get, get the old feeling back of Black Belt Theater, like when we were growing up, yeah. but just in a smaller format. So most of our films now are geared toward just action crowds and on, you know, Kung Fu Fridays and, you know, martial arts Thursdays. And then I have my female heroines on, on Wednesdays, things of that nature. Oh, that's cool. um, but just again, kind of creating that atmosphere. Now I just did one called Shadow Fist, which is a complete homage to Shaw Brothers. Okay. Um, so it's, it's, you'll, you'll really like that. We're going to release that in a, in, in two weeks. But, and, and, um, and to the viewers and listeners that don't know who the Shaw brothers are, they were the icons in, uh, in, in China, in the Hong Kong film industry. That's correct. Yep. That's correct. Who had a formula that no one has been able to reproduce. They use yep. the same actors. You see 30, 40 films a year. Yep. You know, like when the, we can recreate that formula. Yeah, this is, you had like the man with the, go the the kid with the golden arms, and you had right. and, and but you had the same actors that shifted. Correct, correct. But all, the audience accepted it. Yeah. The audience didn't say, "Oh, that's the same guy who was in the last film." Or you know, no, they looked forward to it. Chang Che, he created the the heroic bloodshed films. Yeah, and, and now t tell us about the Red Sash Theater. You know, tell me more about that, and I want our viewers and listeners to learn more about that. Yeah, so again, we, we, we do short form, short form film content. Um, we do one original every month. Uh, but where, where, does that, where does that air, though? Where, where you... It airs on Binge TV. Binge TV, okay. Binge TV. okay. Yep, Amazon Fire Stick, uh, over 100 um, channels on smart TVs. Um, I partnered with uh, Demetrius Angelo, Urban Action Showcase, and Binge TV to present that. So mm -hmm. we're, we're excited. It's been doing well. Um, and again, you know, we allow um, filmmakers. We've had art school uh, dropouts, the Rising Tiger Films, um, Deviant Children. They've all submitted content to air on the channel. So basically, it's like Black Belt Theater right <laughs> uh, or content, you know. Well, but that that's good because you know when when you look at a, a TV show, 
if it's a half hour from eight to eight thirty, the actual show itself is maybe twenty two minutes, maybe correct. You know, so right. that that that's the short form. You know, that's right. And, right. And, you, and you look forward, and you look forward to next week's episode. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but now you with know, Netflix, you binge everything. So <laughs> there you go, there you go. You got to pay attention to the bingers too, you know, yeah. because they're they're dedicated to that. Some yeah. people, you know, block out. They get off. Uh, they, they work Monday through Friday. They're off Friday, and they just want to sit from Friday until Sunday, where they have to go go to bed, binge an episode, you know, yeah. uh, 13, 14 episodes. So that's where it's more successful, I feel, than weekly episodic. Uh, for NBC and CBS, you know, that, that's, you have that, that's old. That's not. That's not going to survive. You know, a new series comes out. Okay, you get a thirty-minute episode, and you got to wait a week until another thirty-minute. Whereas, you know, Netflix, Amazon, they drop thirteen, fourteen episodes a yeah. pop. You know, look at Disney, Mandalorian. I'm I'm waiting to get off this interview to get in season two. You know, been, <laughs> but so but, yeah, I'm this, one of them. But you know, the thing is, when you know. This is the future. It's not going anywhere. It's just going to be more enhanced. The millennials, the Gen Zs, they're a mobile generation. They, right. I mean, they equate for for about half the population. All right, and beyond that, they are about thirty. They they they're about thirty or thirty to thirty five, maybe forty percent of the consumers in the world. So right. if they want to be mobile and they want digital, digital banking, digital this, digital that, in my hand, mm -hmm. I want to move around with it. And if you right. don't cater to it, then you lose Quibi. I mean, that's a gone yeah. situation. They raised $1.6 billion. Where did they go? They're gone. You had yeah. you had high, big, heavy hitters in there. They're gone. Yeah. yeah, you had Meg Whitman there, you know, from uh, from HP. All this stuff, mm -hmm. they're gone. And the thing mm -hmm. is, they did something, which to me I think is ridiculous. You, you're creating content, great, but you cannot have an old school mentality with right. a young generation. You can right. go and create this technology. They had great technology, the best technology no one knew. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now the new generation is like, all right, you know what? We don't want this thing. We'll rather watch it on Snapchat or Instagram because it's quick to the point. I don't have time to waste on it. And then and, and that's what it comes down to. But they rather see something, uh, a, a cat doing something stupid because it entertains mm -hmm. them as opposed mm -hmm. to watching a, uh, a, a whatever, a two or three minutes short that that mm -hmm. someone spent a million dollars on. You know, they mm -hmm. want to see the creative and the creative comes from the bottom up, I, I think. I agree with you on that. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's so important. Um, each one of my films, I, I like to have a theme to it. You know, mm -hmm. every no no one film, you, there's no signature, so to say. Every single one is differently because I approach it differently. It's a it's a different cast. It's a it's a it's a different collaborative effort. You know, when 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 you doing films, I, yeah, I may be the director, um, but say for Made in Chinatown, there were sixty people that actually helped create that vision. So I was just the commander of the ship. They right. actually help. So when, when you're talking about creating vision, it's a collaborative process. And as far as I'm concerned, the crew have an integral part in helping create whatever the audience appreciates. You know, yes. you know sometimes it, it, you can like like the raid, you know, oh, my God, it's the greatest action film ever, you know. But no one paid attention to the, the script writer for that. You know, the person who created that vehicle, they only paid attention to the action mm -hmm. and the stars, you know. 
unfortunately, sometimes there are unsung heroes behind the scenes that just get caught up in that. You know, it's just yeah. the, the nature of how people are, are trained to think. You know, when you look at a movie poster, you look at the director, the producer, you know, you very rarely look at, at, at like a script writer. But mm -hmm. I think, you know, now it's time for us to start promoting the, the creative people behind the scenes. Sure. Us, you know, but you know, the funny thing is, Bobby, that uh, I had someone on the show and the, the name escapes me, but we had a great conversation. And basically, he started, um, uh, you know, from behind the scenes, he was doing working the lights, working this, and then and, yeah. and, and writing this and doing all the stuff behind the scenes. So when he became a you know, an actor. He knew all the camera angles. He knew how to look best, how to do this, and how it's going to look on camera. And I think every actor should learn how to make a film as opposed to just being an actor. I think that makes you a better actor. I think most of your your better directors are are former actors, you know? Yeah. One, one, one actor who I just think is brilliant, uh, great comedic timing, but then again, he, has a, he can just on the drop of a dime, turning a dramatic performance that it's like, are you serious? And he's a brilliant director, and that's Jason Bateman. Yeah, Jason, Jason Bateman. He, he, I mean, I, I, I love this guy because Ozark, you know, Ozark yeah. is amazing. Yeah. amazing. Oh, I love that show. Love that. I'm waiting for it to come back. They gotta, they gotta get this thing going. You know, they need right. to get this thing going. And you know, things like with 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 Netflix and the digital uh, realm and with binging and everything, you know. You have Netflix. They raise their their prices for the membership now uh, per month. They're looking to capture more market share, and they're looking to bring on more content. Okay, um, you have Amazon that now is doing more stuff too with Prime. You have other platforms that are doing similar things. They're trying to get the content. Content is king. The creators right. that create this content, they're the ones that 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 wind up being in the in the driver's seat. For the first time since when? Since, you know, ever. since forever. Yep. Remember back. You remember the They owned the studios. They yep. owned the theater. They owned the actors. They owned everything. Yep. We couldn't get anything. You know, it's what they gave you. Yeah. Um, once digital technology hit, um, it took the control. And once celluloid was gone, mm -hmm. poof, you know, that's over. Yeah. I knew that the transition. They no longer held the power anymore. Yeah, so look at it. The last, not to cut you off, I apologize. Go ahead. The last vestige was streaming. You no longer have to actually go to these theaters, you know? Mm -hmm. You can sit home and watch them. Yeah, and, and that that's so true. And and it's it, to me, it's interesting how, like right now, we're doing this show. Okay, we're doing the show. We're on Vero Hive. We're streaming like live. I mean, if 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 I wanted this show to be live, it can be embedded where people are watching it right now. Okay, wow. as simple as that. The bottom line is that with with platforms like Vero Hive, platforms that allow you to do different things, filmmakers, mm -hmm. recording artists, they have an opportunity to reach a greater crowd because the bottom line is if you go stream live on on facebook or youtube who owns that content right not you is you think right. it's you but it's not you you're that's using their right. platform to do it and that's why what well, when when vero hive was built just to touch on this is that yeah. when you create something and you record something that's yours 
See? You download it, it belongs to you, and you can build. And, and it gives people, like with, with uh, in, in the movie industry, gives you the opportunity to build up maybe a catalog of something and then you can now you can go make money maybe sell it to netflix stuff like that if you're doing whatever you're doing because believe it or not it is funny somebody asked me about this today and i, I don't mean to take away from from no, no, bringing no. in the show but i think it's is 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 uh is relevant to what we're talking Absolutely. about where there's going to be an area of, of Virive that is going to be for live streaming solely and doing different things and they asked me said they said, well, if I wanted to go and live stream an event, can I do it? I said, absolutely. If I um, wanted to go and, 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 and have a reality show thing, can I stream it on there? I said, if you have the cameras and you're connected to the system, sure you can. What, is, what does it cost? It doesn't cost much if you're, if you're a premium host. And, it, and it's just it's, it basically is a couple of shekels, but you can actually do it. And you, 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 you can monetize your time and your efforts and everything like that. So to me, technology is key to what it's is key. going to be happening from here on in because we're not going back to what was, man. It's not happening. It's not, not happening. happening. You know? No. And so, so go ahead. Either embrace and, and, and move forward with the times or you're, you're just you're doomed to be stagnant. Yeah, and remember a bygone era. Yeah, and that's it. It is a bygone era. And you know what it is? And it's like blockbuster. The studios I look at as being blockbuster, where you have mm -hmm. Netflix is the future, blockbuster is the past. And if, if, if there's anyone, a teenager or something that's listening to the show or viewing it, they don't know what blockbuster is. Right, okay? that's right. You know, and it's just like saying blockbuster, blockbuster who? Exactly. You know, right. the studio. Look at, look at the transition and how quick it happened. I remember going to buy in VHS tapes for $69. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, I remember that. And, yep. and then it went from VHS tapes to, to DVDs, to Blu-rays, to it, now it's, who buys Blu-rays? Who buys CDs anymore? No. Everything is streamed. Yep, everything so, is streamed, and with with, with five, and for 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 the movie uh, producers out there that are working on slim budgets, keep in mind five G is coming upon us, where you can mm -hmm. actually do something live, stream it live, and you can do this stuff. And guess what? It's cost effective because really, what is the cost? You're streaming, you know. Uh, I mean, I remember um, what was it? Maybe five years ago. I was doing something and I had to go pay a, a few hundred dollars to go and stream live. Mm. Well, right now, I don't pay a damn thing to do that. But the point is, is that because technology advances, mm -hmm. technology mm -hmm. advances. But I, and I have to let people know that when you're using YouTube, Facebook, things like that, understand the ownership of the content that you have. Because, right. I mean, there are legal things there. And if you can develop content, you want to be able to own it. And I think that's important. Just like in the record, recording artists, owning the masters. Right. Exactly. Okay. That, read, that, the, read the fine print. There you even, go. Even, that, <laughs> even in the streaming service, yeah. read the fine print. No, no doubt, no doubt about it, Bobby. I mean, yes. before we before we end the show, I know you want to get to the Mandalorian. You're excited. You're stoked <laughs> about it. I get it. You know, but what I I want you to 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 do two things for me. First, sure. give, give your website and information for what you're doing, so people can learn more about what you're doing. Let's do that first. Right. 
So you can you, we have our, our YouTube channel. It's R4 Films. Uh, just put R4 Films in there and we'll pop right up. We've got uh, major content on there. Uh, we also have uh, www.redsashtheater.com. Mm -hmm. uh, you go there and see your content. We do uh, one original every month. Uh, we do do a pay-per-view uh, um, once every two months, uh, mm -hmm. but we usually do a lot more. The, the, the short form content is extended use. It's probably like 35, 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, and we do 299 rentals. So okay. um, again, that's just to help, you know, generate the income in order to keep this, this, this ball rolling. Well, you, um, you need something coming in to keep everything going. So people get what they, yeah, it's about supporting the process. Go. I, get you go. I don't want it to be so painful for everyone. And I want sure. it to be convenient. Sure. Um, you can reach out to me on Facebook, on Instagram. It's rrjsamuels underscore. Um, and uh, that's pretty much it. So okay. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Well, nope. it's it's my honor to have you on here, Bobby. You know, you and I, we go, we go back. And I just like yeah. highlighting you and more so now because of what we're doing. Okay. Yes, and I, we're going we're gonna to be doing some cool love to be a part of whatever you guys are doing. Oh, we're, we're going to talk soon. Uh, but what, what I want you to do, the, the second thing I want you to do, you know, sure. um, what message would you give right now to an aspiring director, producer, someone coming into the film industry? What message would you give to them for them to have the most success in what they're doing? I'll say it in one word, discipline. It's very important. Respect your craft by that. Learn from everyone. Study your craft, take chances, take risks. Um, a lot of people like to stick their toe in the, in the water and see if it's cold or not. I like to jump in 12 feet. Um, that's just how you make it in life. Sometimes you just have to try. I knew from the age of 10, I said, I, I sat in a movie theater. If you don't take anything else from this, this, this interview, I sat in a movie theater with my aunt watching Five Fingers of Death. Mm -hmm. I looked at a guy at the age of 10 on screen who was the lead, and I said, I'm going to work with him one day. 25 years later, the first film I did was with that individual. I'm sitting in a car and the Beastie Boy walked down the street and said, Bobby Samuels, I was just, I was in awe because the films have been seen on an underground. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to take an unorthodox route to get to where you are. That's why I told you about getting a job with US Airways where yeah. I knew I could fly free. Yeah, Working at McDonald's wasn't gonna fund it. So again, have a plan, be dedicated and disciplined to the plan. Also, the second most important word is humble. Remain humble. That's so important. And, and, and those words are going to resonate. And anyone, again, any aspiring filmmaker, you're getting involved in, in this arena, listen to Bobby Samuels, follow him, go to his site, go to go go to the Red Sash site, go and see him, follow him on Instagram, follow him on Facebook, see what's going on, support what he's doing, because that platform, what you're doing, Bobby, is going to help so many. And I appreciate you, and I appreciate everything that you're doing, brother. And I want you to stay with me. Don't don't leave me. I know you want to get to the Mandalorian, but don't leave me yet. All right. But I, I want to thank all the listeners and viewers for tuning in, and we're going to be back with you for the next uh, the next episode of the UCW Radio Show. Thank you so much. Initiating shutdown sequence. Now, this is UCW Radio in your face. What is your major malfunction? All that will be written.
Let it be done. Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you.